Hello, writer. Thanks for tuning in again to hear me talk about all things marketing for children's authors. Before I get started talking about the peril of social media use, I want to share with you that my solution to the whole social media conundrum is something I created called the Lazy Social Media Marketing Method. So I talked about it a few shows back. You can head over there and check it out. My approach is that you don't have to be on social media. And based on the conversations in the Facebook group over the past week, lots of people are coming to this conclusion. A special thanks and shout out to Kay, who I really appreciate. Kay likes to flesh out her thoughts often in the group. And she's just realized last week that perhaps social media is not worth the time and attention and energy she's been giving it. And so she's fleshing out how she can change where she shows up, change where she puts content and reaches her ideal people. So kudos to Kay for sharing that, her thoughts and all that as she moves forward with her book marketing. This week, there is a repeat of the KidLit Superstack. So this is a bundle of courses and ebooks and promotions and discounts and all that good stuff put together specifically for children's authors. Now this one does really gear itself towards newer authors. So there's a lot of content about the writing, the editing, the revisions, the illustrations, and there's not that much for people who have been around for a few years. However, the contribution that I made <laughs> is perfect for anybody at any stage of the game, and it's a great deal. So I sell the Lazy Social Media Marketing Method for $199. And if you get the Kidlet Social Stack, no, if you get the Kidlet Super Stack, you get the whole stack for $67. It's only available for about four days. So if you were sad to miss it way back in April, after people got it, they started talking about the lazy social media marketing method and um, saying what a great deal it was and how useful it was. And then people were sad because, of course, they didn't grab the stack when they when they could. So it's back again for four more days. I'll put the link in the description because I don't remember which it is off the top of my head. So it fits in perfectly this week if we're going to talk about social media, right? Okay. So now let's get to it. Here's a news flash for everybody that's not really a, a news flash. It doesn't matter how fantastic your book is, your website is, your book page on Amazon is, if no one sees it, okay? People seeing it, I like to say it's eyeballs on your stuff. So eyeballs on your website or your book page, wherever you're directing traffic to. The eyeballs are known as traffic. So people are shopping around the internet or they're browsing around the internet, they're looking for something to ease their boredom or to read or to consume or to buy, right? And there's, when you think about the user behavior, there's better places than others to show up online, better ways than others to get traffic. So the best way, so I call this the most valuable source, this is from email. Don't hate me. I'm not making it up. There's been lots of studies. And I think if you just stop for a minute and think about your own user behavior, you will agree with us. Because you check your email every day. Most of us check our emails every day. We don't always check social media every day. We show up to our emails with a different intent than how we show up to social media. 
Social media is either about our book businesses in our case, right? So we're looking for help. We're looking to connect and network or we're looking to sell our books. Lots of other people aren't there for business purposes. So they're often there for entertainment, right? They're bored. They want to see what their friends are doing. They want to see what their favorite celebrities are doing. And they can. You can even watch clips of TV shows now. There's clips from Friends and The Office and late night talk shows. And they're very engaging because they're so funny and they're short. It's really hard to compete against that on social media. But email subscribers, those people are on those lists for a reason. So we're going to assume that they like whatever the list owner writes about. They either find it interesting or funny or engaging or useful. And they stay there on purpose because these days people are savvy enough to unsubscribe, right? They know how to do it. And they know that if they get angry enough and just hit reply and say, take me off your list, that's going to happen too. So if the email list owner says, hey, go here to this site, read this article, check out this book, all that kind of stuff. A really good percentage of the readers will do that. Whereas on social media, if you're saying the same thing, first off, only a small percentage of people who even follow you will see what you write. And secondly, it takes a lot to get them to click here or go there or read this because it's effort. You know, they don't want to leave the platform. They want to stay there and keep getting entertained. Also, Facebook itself and Instagram, all of them, they don't want people to leave their platform. So if you put a link on or you're trying to send people off the platform, your posts will just right away get less exposure. So now most of the time, the person who owns the email list, like I've been saying, the email list owner, most of the time that's going to be you. And it's you because you've spent the time and the energy to build up a list of people who are interested in what you have to say and who stick around. But when you're first starting out, and as a way to grow moving forward, as you know, as the years go on, but especially when you're first starting out, you have to start somewhere. And it's often, where do I start? How do I get people, right? So this is when you do a swap or a collaboration with somebody else who already has an email list that they actively engage. I've talked to loads of authors who say, yes, I have hundreds of names, but I actually don't ever write to them. So it's not engaged. And the first time they start writing to that list again, they're going to get a whole lot of unsubscribes. But anyway, consistency is key, like everything else, right? So sometimes the email list owner is going to be someone else. So for children's authors, what you need to do is, you know, use your network and ask people, hey, who has an email list that, they, you know, is engaged, that they actively write to? And you can offer them, you can say, just be real, hey, I, I'm brand new, I'm building my email list, can I, can I send you 20 bucks or 50 bucks to give a shout out to my books or to my opt-in, my freebie, in your, in your newsletter, in your emails? No, they might say yes, they might say no, but what's the worst that they can do if you ask? That's the worst. Literally, they're going to say yes or they're going to say no. The hardest part is usually finding children's authors who have active email lists because so many authors are very resistant to this. So I've been shouting it from the rooftops for a couple of years now. Last week I was on, pardon me, last week I was on the Children's Book Mastery Summit talking about email marketing. So lots still are resisting and not doing it. Your your uphill battle is going to be just to find people. So come into the Marketing for Children's Authors group any day and just ask, hey, who has an active email list? I'm looking to grow mine. Um, 
looking for some shout outs. Now, the best thing to do is ask people to share your lead magnet so that you can grow your own list rather than, hey, I have this friend, you should buy her book. So whatever the other person is comfortable with, that's what you're going to accept, of course. But it's just how you start the conversation. So who's interested? Who's targeting similar similar audiences? So same age of children usually or same genre of writing if you're talking about middle grade books. And so you're just asking. So you're either asking to pay them or you can say, I'm really working hard to grow my list. In six months, I would love to give you a shout out. That'd be a swap. Collaboration is when you make some kind of content together. So if you have really similar niches or a really similar audience, you could actually create content new, brand new content together for both of you. Or you can just share about each other, right? You can share about people even if it's not you know, you can share about people even if you haven't talked about it with them. I do that with my list. Hey, I just saw this really great book. <laughs> Go check it out. And here's why you might like it. Okay, so to wrap up, the most valuable source of traffic is email readers, whether they're, they're yours or another authors. They're very bad, very valuable because they're there for a reason and they stick around on purpose. Even if your open rate is only, you know, 40, 30, 40, 50%. That's hugely, hugely better than social media where it might be 5 to 8% of people who, who follow you. Even people who actively have said, yes, I want to follow this person, only 5 to 8% are actually going to see your posts. Okay, so the second most valuable source of traffic is from podcasts. This feels self-serving. I swear it's not. I don't do interviews on my podcast. Don't ask me. Okay, so... People who listen to podcasts are active. They're engaged listeners. Again, they really want to be there listening. They have to be there on purpose because they have to take a certain number of steps to get their phone out, get their headphones out, search on their podcast app, find the show that they want to listen to, and then actually press play. All of these steps are called micro commitments, micro engagements, and it really signifies strong intent. These are listeners who are very highly likely. If you go on a show and you say, hey, go check out my website, or hey, go check out my lead magnet, lead magnet is always better for the record to grow your list. If Even if they go straight to your book page and they buy your book, you have no way to talk to them again, no way to target them again. You'll be doing all of this again in six months when you release your next book. And really, it's a lot of work. It gets old fast. It's always best to send people to your lead magnet. And podcast listeners are very, very likely to go and do what you ask them to do. If they hear about it on a podcast, especially if it's one that they listen to a lot, they trust the host. Okay, using these two valuable sources of traffic, emails and podcast interviews, you can grow your own list. You can grow your own audience by sharing what other people have already done. I don't really recommend that you start your own podcast. It's a ton of work. It's really hard to be consistent. It's it's actually you know, easy to create a podcast and put it up out there. But you have to think about things like audio quality. I haven't always thought about this. It's super on my mind now. In fact, I spent hours recording podcasts just the other day, only to find that there was like audio interference. And I really badly wanted to, to post the shows, even though there was this interference and I just couldn't do it because there was three or four spots and I just couldn't, even with my software, I just couldn't make them go away. So it's hard. It's hard to be consistent because you never really know who's listening. Hard to come up with topics and just keep at it. On that note, I'll say reviews are very welcome. And when people message me and say, hey, I listened to your show. Thanks so much. I love that so much. It just makes it 
feel worth it. Thank you for everybody who does that. So I'm going to wrap up there. If you are interested in what the lazy social media marketing method is, it's basically creating content once that will be timeless and then scheduling it using a certain social media scheduler that I like, my favorite one. It's called SmarterQ. You can use SmarterQ and you can schedule your posts to recycle every three months. And nobody remembers seeing it. If they do remember it, seeing it, usually it's, oh, thanks. I really, you know, I'd forgotten about that and I wanted to pay more better attention. But you recycle your posts every three months so that you don't have to continuously make new content. So you're showing up on social, you're showing up in an interesting, engaging way, and you don't have to keep doing it. Now you might make new content when you have a book launch or when you feel moved to do so, or when it's a holiday. But even the holiday content, you can create once and then <laughs> reschedule it to post again every December or every May for Mother's Day, etc. And so the lazy social media marketing method that I the course that I'm offering in the Kidlet stack, it goes over the theory. I've also included how to actually do the tech to set it up on SmarterQ. And I've included templates, oh my goodness. So I've included picture images so that you can just customize them to match your branding and your personality and all that in Canva. And like the actual post captions, I've included all of that in there and it's only $67. So that's why I'm sharing about it today. Next week, I'm going to be back and I'll be talking about my personal experience with burnout. So exciting. I had a lot of response from last week's show that was how to not burn out because it's my personal opinion that it's better to prevent it than to try to come back from it. So thanks to those of you who reached out to me after that show. Next week will be what I did to help myself just for any of you who happen to be struggling and need some ideas. Thank you for listening, writer, and I'll be back at you next week. Ciao.